With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here on a disappointing Monday afternoon. Uh, there's, you know, no no other way to put it. This was um, this was bad. This one hurts. This one's tough on a lot of levels, all of which we'll get to. Uh, I'm recording this a couple hours after the game ended because I was on the radio uh, right as the game ended, and as you can imagine, that was uh, less than fun of an assignment there to react to this kind of as it was happening, but you know, it is what it is, and, and we do our jobs, and so I've had a, a little bit of time to process this, and uh, I will start by saying this. I try to be an optimistic person. Now, that's not something that comes easily to me. It's not something that comes natural to me, but I made a decision a few years ago that I'm going to be optimistic. I'm not going to be cynical. I'm going to force myself to to think this way and to feel this way because that's the type of person I want to be. That's the type of dad and husband I want to be. It's the type of friend and employee and manager I want to be. It's the type of fan I want to be. Sometimes that makes me naive. It opens me up to being taken advantage of, and that's fine. I will uh, I will sacrifice that um, for the mental health benefits I get from trying to stay optimistic, and just the kind of outlook, uh, the 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 energy I'm trying to put out into the world, whether that be on a podcast like this, on my radio shows, on social media, or just in my life. So I'm going to come out at this with an optimistic point of view. I say this because I don't want that to change the realities of this situation. The realities are this was a bad loss. This team underachieved. This program has now consistently underachieved. This coaching staff has now underachieved. These guys who are the greatest Hawkeyes of all time, some of them, have, we believe, finished their careers without achieving the things that they came here to do, the things they said they wanted to do, the things that we all expected them to do. So while I'm talking about this loss today and moving forward as we kind of take a a bigger look at the end of this season, what this season meant, where the program is, and and in what direction we are headed, uh, I just wanted to to put that out there, that I come at this stuff optimistically. um, And again, sometimes that, that makes me naive, 
sometimes that that makes me unrealistic, but it is what it is, and and I am who I am, uh, and so. While I talk about this loss today, I don't want anybody to to hear this and say, well, AD doesn't think that this was a bad loss. He He's not hurt by this. He doesn't feel the way I feel as a fan because, p- trust me, I do. I feel it all. I feel the pain. I feel the disappointment. I feel the uncertainty about where we are as a program, where we are in the Big Ten, and kind of what the, the ceiling is what what we can expect to see you know in in our lifetimes as hawkeye fans and i don't think that's putting it too 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 big because we're now going on 23 years without a sweet 16 40 plus years without a big 10 championship 40 plus years without a final four um, so when I say things like in our lifetimes as Hawkeye fans, I mean, there are people listening to this who weren't around when Iowa made a sweet 16. And so to assume that this is going to happen anytime soon, I think is, is probably foolish. The law of averages says it has to happen sometime. Maybe it would have happened a year ago. God, I wish we could have found out. I, I, like even more than making a run this year, I wish this team would have made a Sweet 16 run a year ago. I wish they would have had that opportunity and put this kind of demon to bed because you you wonder how much pressure these guys felt. We all talked about it all week, all season, for a year now, that this is the best Hawkeye team a lot of a lot of us have ever seen. Certainly the best since the 2006 team, and these guys felt the weight of those expectations, and you wonder. When Oregon came out firing today, when the pace of that game was so high and then Oregon takes that 10-0 run into halftime and a 10-point lead, did the did, did was the moment too big? Was the pressure too much? It's hard to come back when you're pressing. Iowa was pressing today. Iowa did not play well today. They didn't play terribly, and some guys played pretty damn good. We'll just start where it, where it always starts, where it should start. Luca Garza had 36 points in his final game as a Hawkeye. Nine rebounds, an assist, a steal, just one turnover, had three fouls. Had 20 points in the first half, I think 17 through the first like 12 minutes that he played. Luca Garza did everything he could to carry this team to a win today. And I'm going to play a little audio from Luca Garza, and, and he's taking this the way you would expect him to take it. The way that we've seen him take these things in his career at Iowa. Every loss he feels. Every loss he feels like he is the reason that they lost. That he didn't do enough. Luca, you did enough, man. Not just today, but in your career. And I'm sorry that it had to end this way. That's the most disappointing thing of all of this. It's not that Iowa got, you know, is short of another sweet, of, of a sweet 16 again. It's not that you know, the Big Ten now looks supremely overrated. And I know you can't judge things like that strictly by the tournament, but anybody who's being honest has to say that the Big Ten was at the very least overseeded in this tournament, and I think that's a a cause of being overrated this season. It was hard to rate teams this season. There, were, there wasn't much non-conference to speak of, 
And it seemed like the Big Ten, it seemed like these teams were battle-tested and ready to go. And they just haven't been. You can't chalk it all up to matchups either. Everybody has tough matchups. I said this when the, the draw came out in our podcast earlier this week. Every every road is hard. All of these teams are good. Luka Garza had 36 points today. And it just sucks to see him go out without any real success as a team, any real team success to speak of. Third place in the Big Ten is is cool, but it's not historic. And, you know, two losses in in the NCAA tournament in the, the round of thirty two. It's just it's just not it's not enough. Does this keep Luca Garza off of that pedestal as the greatest Hawkeye of all time? I think it might ultimately. He's got the stats, he's got the accolades, he's gonna be the national player of the year. He's already, you know, first team All American, all the things. But Ronnie Lester took his team to a Final Four. Roy Marble took his team to an Elite Eight. Luca Garza, and again, this isn't all on him. But as the years pass and we look back on this team, he's going to loom larger and larger because of who he is and what he has done. And this disappointment is going to stay. Luca Garza, the narrative will be that he never led Iowa to anything as a team, and that holds him back as the greatest of all time. There will be take that in the future. Joe Wieskamp, was this his final game as a Hawkeye? If I had to bet, I would say yes. But if if this tournament is any indication, I'm not a very good betting man, so maybe, uh, maybe don't place the mortgage on what I say as far as that. Um, but it certainly seems like Joe Wieskamp is ready to make the next step and is um is probably going to do that. He played very well today. He had 17 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and he did a lot of it in that second half on on a bum ankle. He tweaked that ankle again, the one he sprained against Wisconsin. I think we'll find out here if if he hasn't already spoken whenever he does how bad that actually was. You know, it's always one of the interesting things in the post postseason is learning about the things you didn't know about. And this year more than ever because the media didn't have access to these guys in a non-public forum. You didn't have a little off-the-cuff interview with C.J. Frederick asking how he really feels. You weren't able to do that. You, didn't, you couldn't pull an assistant coach aside or have an assistant coach pull you aside and say, hey, you know, Connor's dealing with these hip issues and – um, that's that's why his minutes have dropped and his production has dropped. But Joe Wieskamp had a good game. Let's stick with the good for the moment because Patrick McCaffrey is certainly in that first half had a bit of a coming out party. Now I think we've seen this coming. He's played better and better as the season has gone on. He's been more and more under control. The energy he provided that team in the first half today was incredible. He had 10 points, a couple of rebounds, an assist, a seal, and a block. No fouls, no turnovers. That's a good game from Patrick McCaffrey, and the future is bright with that kid. Oh, and by the way, he will be on the team next year. His his dad will be the coach next year. We'll get to that at some point as well. Maybe not today. I don't know if I'm in the headspace to talk about the Fran McCaffrey extension today. Keegan Murray, good game, six points. 
didn't shoot great. Took five threes, was open when he took them, but just just hit one of those. Four rebounds and assists to steal a block for him. Good minutes, but I guess you needed more. I said this several times on the radio because I'll talk about Perkins and Toussaint, who he scored five points and played well as well. Brought a lot of energy. Could these guys have played better? Could they have more? Have had more of an impact? Sure. Um, is it asking too much of guys who you haven't asked this of all season to step up in the biggest game of the year when you're down by 10 in the second round of the NCAA tournament with a team that can't miss to carry you to a victory? Yeah, that's that's asking too much. It's not on those guys. So then I guess we have to kind of address the elephant in the room, and I don't like to do this because, as I've said several times, Jordan Bohannon is my favorite Hawkeye of all time. I love the way he carries himself. I love the game he plays. I love the shots he hits and the ice-cold water in his veins when he hits them. I love the missed free throw to tie and not break Chris Street's record. I love signing the shoes at Hilton Coliseum. I loved how much he liked to beat our rivals. I loved that he carried that Tiger Hawk on his chest for five years proudly. He was not ready for this game. Not, And I'm not saying that mentally or physically. I'm not saying he didn't try or he didn't want it or anything like that. He's not the point guard that I would need it in this game. When you play a team that's that athletic, that's playing that well, that's hitting everything, you needed the you needed Jordan Bohannon out there who could just stand there and take threes, and, and he wasn't able to be that guy today. He didn't score. He had a turnover, a foul, three assists, and a rebound. Joining him on the not scoring is two other starters, C.J. Frederick and Connor McCaffrey, both of whom, Fran McCaffrey said after the game, had been dealing with injuries. We've known about C.J. Frederick's injury. I guess we'll probably get a little more information on that now. Didn't know about Connor McCaffrey's injury. And Fran said he's going to have to have that double hip surgery that Jordan had. You know, they do one and then they do the other. Uh, Iowa State fans saw Naz Long go through this. We saw how long it took Jordan Bohannon to, to get back to normal after that. So uh, will Connor McCaffrey be 100% to go next season? I don't know. Again, we'll learn that. And Connor's not a guy you expect a lot out of, so to get zero points from him isn't uh, a, a terrible thing. But to get two turnovers against just one assist for him, that's that's not good. Now, he only played 12 minutes. C.J. Frederick only played 13. C.J. Frederick has not been himself the last handful of games. He hasn't been aggressive. He hasn't been shooting the ball. He hasn't been effective. He's been out there. He's played quite a few minutes, and there have been games this year where he didn't fill up the stat sheet, and I thought he was important part uh, an important part of why Iowa won a game. That wasn't the case today. He, he was ineffective today. And you, so you have an Iowa team where you got 36 and 17 out of two of your starters and zero out of the other three. You have an Oregon team whose starters went for 23, 21, 19, 17, and 9. Their bench scored six points. They didn't need their bench to score. We needed our starters to score, and it didn't happen today. And that's too bad. It's a disappointment. It, it, it really, truly is. I'll go through the team stats here quickly. 
I want to come back and, and play some audio from the post game, both from Luca Garza and Fran McCaffrey, and then look at a couple of uh, you know big picture things. Although I'll be honest, I'm not. I don't know that you guys want to hear this, and I don't know that I want to do a real big season recap. We'll we'll find time to do that. We'll sit down and think about it and talk about it and um, you know look ahead to next season when the time is right for that. Oregon was was great today. They shot fifty five percent from the field, forty four percent from three, and that was way down from where they were in the first half uh, from from behind the arch. Iowa did not shoot well. Eight of twenty five from three, thirty two point or thirty two percent, not very good. Now Iowa had twenty two assists and thirty one made baskets. That's not bad. Twelve turnovers isn't isn't good, but isn't awful. Isn't the reason Iowa lost? Out out rebounded. I mean, tied for rebounds, but had more offensive rebounds than than Oregon did. And I, I would argue that playing a team full of six six and six seven guys, you probably shouldn't tie in rebounds when you've got Luca Garza. Um, you know, you would have liked to see Jack Nunji out there today, and what this team would have been like at full strength. But it wasn't meant to be, and uh, it's just another disappointing loss, and. I'm not going to call it a disappointing season, even though ultimately that's how it will be remembered. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So after the game, the Hawkeyes met the media, Fran McCaffrey and Luca Garza, um, and uh, I'll just start with with right away. It starts with Chad Lysico kind of asking Fran, you know, what it's like in that locker room, how disappointing it was to see your season come to an end before you hoped it would. Paint a picture of what the emotions are like in the locker room, not only for the players, but, but yourself. Yeah, Chad, it, it, it was incredibly emotional, as it always is when your season comes to an end. Uh, this team... And every other team this year has had to experience something totally and completely unique in the history of college basketball. And, you know, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, how proud I am of their commitment to one another and their sacrifice to get here. Uh, it's been an incredible journey with this group of young men and, and uh, you know, a lot of people telling each other how much they love them. I certainly did. Uh, and how proud I am of them. Uh, but also, you know, we had two seniors that literally rewrote the record book at the University of Iowa, which is quite a statement. And, uh, you know, so I talked for a while. It was real emotional. Uh, it's always emotional for everybody, in particular for me. You know, when I think about, in, in specifically Patrick's journey, you know, uh, you know, seven years ago, uh, he had surgery for cancerous tumor, 
And, you know, the other night I put him in on his birthday and he was terrific in both games here. So that's emotional. But, uh, yeah, you always feel uh, a little bit empty when your team loses and, and you're eliminated. But I tried to stress the incredible amount of positive things that happened, you know, great things we accomplished this year, great things we've accomplished as a unit over the last two years. And uh, I wanted them to know how much I appreciate them, how proud I am of them, and how much I love them. Doesn't take long to uh, put things into perspective when you hear Coach McCaffrey talk about Patrick and the journey he's been on. Uh, This isn't life and death, and some things are. Um, And then, yeah, you know, again, we will have time to kind of look back and and evaluate and appreciate and understand what the careers, excuse me, just throwing things, what the careers of Luca Garza and Jordan Bohannon have meant to this program, this university, to us as fans, two of the greatest of all time. And I don't think that's an overstatement when it comes to Bohannon. Two of the greatest to ever put on Hawkeye jerseys are done. And their seasons are done prematurely, and it's done without um, the achievements that we all wanted for them and for us and, and for this program and the state and this university and all of it. Luca Garza, as you would expect, took it hard. It's, you know, heartbreaking. You know, it's so surreal um, You know that, it, you know, it kind of just all hit me at once that, you know, this is the last time that, you know, I'll put on this jersey. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, I hurt a lot. I'm, you know, I just, you know, I feel bad that I wasn't able to lead this team where, to where it needs to go. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of really, really good things this year. Um, and, and it just hurts that we weren't able to, you know, uh, be able to, uh, you know, do it when it mattered most. And, you know, that's something that's going to haunt me forever. That's hard to listen to. And I hope that's not true. I hope it doesn't haunt him forever. I hope that he doesn't have the outlook that we have as fans where we look back and all we see is the loss. And I'm sure that's not how it's going to be for him. He's going to look back and he's going to see four years of friendships and memories and accolades and fandom and relationships and wins and big wins and fun wins and big games and big moments. And I will be in Carver Hawkeye Arena next year when we're able to celebrate him. And I'll be standing and cheering loudly. And I won't be worried about Iowa flaming out of another NCAA tournament. All right, so big picture stuff. Um, you know, again, we'll we'll have more time to look at this and discuss it and break it down and look forward as we move forward. But you know, here instantly today, the questions are going to be about Fran McCaffrey's extension that that was announced last week. And I guess it's just a matter of, you know, I think there are a couple of schools of thought here. If you don't think Fran can get Iowa to where you think Iowa should be, I think that's a valid argument. I think wanting to fire a coach who just put together the season that Iowa had who recruited a guy that most people didn't want and turned him into the best player in Iowa history, who recruited a guy that most people didn't want and turned him into the assist leader and the three-point leader in the history of Iowa, 
who has two sons who make big, big impacts on this team, who has, for the most part, at least as far as, you know, in his dealings with the players, handled himself well, has had some outbursts with the media, has a reputation, has earned a reputation as a fiery guy. Um, you know, how you, I guess, think about Fran McCaffrey's job status moving forward is it's probably going to be the perspective that you had coming in. I'm not sure anybody changed their minds. If you didn't like Fran McCaffrey for whatever reason, if you didn't think he's the guy to get this done, if you think that Iowa uh, has a higher ceiling as a program than what Fran McCaffrey has been able to hit, again, I think those are valid thoughts, and you probably are upset that, that he was extended and don't see much good things in the future, many good things in the future, much good fortune coming. If you, on the other hand, are like me, and you kind of like Fran McCaffrey, think he's a good dude, enjoy some of the fiery stuff, don't care, even as somebody in the media, don't care if he gets snippy with the media every once in a while, uh, and thinks for the most part he's he's done good things with this program, you can probably overlook some of the things that, that need to be looked at. Why was Iowa not, not athletic enough? Well, because Fran McCaffrey wasn't able to recruit to that level. It just is what it is. I mean, the buck stops with him. He would tell you the same thing. I don't think Iowa was not ready to play today, so I don't, I don't think it was anything like that. And I'm just not sure what adjustments he could have made, what lineups he could have put out there. I mean, he certainly tried a lot in the first half, and then they kept up with Oregon in the first half. Um, I'm not sure what button he could have pushed today that would have changed the outcome of this game. Um, I think if Iowa had shot great from three-point land and played a little better defense, they could have won. But they got beat by a better team today. And that's hard because they were the two seed and the other team was the seven seed. And we were from the vaunted Big Ten and they were from the lowly Pac-12. Well, doesn't, doesn't look that, that way anymore, does it? Um, but, you know, the, the defense, that's certainly on Fran McCaffrey. Why is Iowa such a poor defensive team? They played great the final six weeks of the regular season. They didn't play well in the first round win over Grand Canyon, and they played terribly today. Um, that's on Fran McCaffrey. That being said, I don't think the program is in a bad spot. I've been uh, buoyed by what I've seen from our young players. I, I'm excited to see what this team looks like with Joe Toussaint running point, with Aaron Euless coming in, with Tony Perkins playing, with... C.J. Frederick, a healthy C.J. Frederick, hopefully a healthy Connor McCaffrey, a Patrick McCaffrey, a Jack Nungy down low, a Keegan Murray starting. I think this team could be a tournament team a year from now. I really do. And wouldn't it be ironic if that's the team that makes a Sweet 16? I hope that we're sitting here a year from now and I'm doing an instant reaction podcast talking about how, you know, the McCaffrey brothers were able to carry Iowa to heights that even Luca Garza couldn't. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna stay optimistic about this. I think Iowa has a good program. I think McCaffrey has recruited well. I think this year will help to keep recruiting well. And I'm excited for what's ahead. I'm extremely disappointed by what's behind. And there's just no other way to put it other than this sucks. This absolutely sucks. 
Sucks for us. It sucks for them. It sucks on every level. It is what it is. But keep perspective, all right? Don't tweet at players. Don't go home and get mad at your wife or your kids or your friends or whoever it is because you're upset about this. Don't take this out on other people. You know, it's a basketball game, and it's one you weren't even involved in. <laughs> you know, I didn't play today. I didn't lose today. I lost nothing today. My favorite team lost. I lost nothing. So I'm going to go home. I'm going to hug my wife. I'm going to hang out with my kids. And I'm going to move on. And we'll talk more about all this as we go. We've got this game covered at Hawkeye Nation. Rob Howe, John Bonencamp, Rick Brown. You know where to go for the best Hawkeye coverage. Keep your head up. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening all season. This has been a dream for me. I wanted this season so badly, so badly, and we got it. We got 27 games in the regular season. We got two games in the NCAA tournament. It happened. 22 wins, guys, 14 Big Ten wins, an NCAA tournament win. Eight wins over ranked teams. Wins over North Carolina. Three wins over Wisconsin. A 16-point beatdown of Ohio State at Ohio State. A 30-point domination of a tournament team in Michigan State at Breslin. Just saying that out loud makes me feel a little better. Think about what they did this year. Think about the fun ride we had. And we'll come back and we'll do it again, right? I appreciate you listening. Go Hawks.